Welcome, everyone. You're tuned into the most must-hear podcast, and I have to say, your boy is ready. I mean, I am fired up as all hell. If you're a Boston sports fan, I don't know how you couldn't be. This time of year is always the most wonderful time of year to me because the Bruins and the Celtics are both making playoff runs at the exact same time. God, I love it. It is the best. I have no idea what I want to start with. Um, Do I go with the Celtics nail-biter yesterday? Do I start with the currently unstoppable on-fire Boston Bruins? My God, there's a lot to get into, my friends. I think, though, that I'm going to go with what's fresh in my mind and go Celtics first. Opening thought on that. I'm going to make a little comparison that makes sense to me, so bear with me here. So, as I said on my last podcast and prior ones, I needed Tuka Rask to have a moment to make me believe in him going forward in the playoffs. And the Boston Celtics version of Tuka Rask has to be Al Horford. The guy is always solid. He does his job, but he never puts the team on his back, or I've never seen him put the team on his back and make his mark to really be the guy. With Kyrie out, Marcus Smart out, Gordon Hayward out, we knew if we were going to have a big chance in this series or in a playoff run at all, we're going to need some big minutes from Big Al. Holy shit. Did he ever give us those big minutes, dude? Horford was terrific. The whole game. He's bullying the Greek freak from pillar to post. Horford put up 24 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. That guy ate his Wheaties, and he needs to keep doing whatever the hell he did. He logged the most minutes he's had all year in a game. It was a game I needed to see from him, and a game that made me believe even more than I did before. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I may be pumped up about this game, but it did not come easy at all. The game started great. It came out on fire. We built a 12-point lead. We first turnover after turnover after turnover. We played good defense. The score showed it. It was great. First quarter, awesome. You expect that, though. You're at home. Second quarter, totally different story. The Bucks turn the tables, start forcing us into turnovers of our own. Greek Freak has his way in the paint. They come all the way back. They take a 44-47 to 47 lead into the half. Um, the third and the fourth quarters were just back and forth, hard-fought playoff basketball. I mean, you got big shots by both teams. At the end of it all, <laughs> the end of this whole game, right, the score is tied 96-96. to 96. Terry Rozier not having a great game. He's okay, but he's not on fire, to say the least. But he takes the clock down to perfection, and with mere seconds left, he hits a three-pointer with legitimately .5 seconds left. .5, okay? So now the game's over. I am dancing. I am drinking. I am pouring another drink. I am ready to hit the town and get it going because I'm fired up. But before I can walk out the freaking door... Chris Middleton somehow gets a shot off in less than a second, in .5 second, and ties the game. I don't know how that's possible. I still don't get it. But it happened, and I lose my mind. My grandmother's calling me. She's yelling at me. The cat's puking on the rug. The stupid bucks are making everybody in the Kearns household sick. Okay? So over time we went. 
And now I can't recall everything that happened in this overtime because I was probably having many heart attacks every shot that was put up. But I do remember basically Bledsoe fouled out, which was good. He was kind of killing us. Ante Tacumpo, the Greek freak, joined him on the bench. He fouls out, which is crazy. And the Celtics, you know, they scrapped up a home court win. Thank God. I'm, I'm freaking out thinking about it still. So we still got home court advantage going into Tuesday's Game 2 matchup. What a win. If this is any indication of how this whole series is going to go, I'm not going to make it to 60 years of age. There's <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Uh, as I said on my last podcast, the Bucks, they kind of wanted this. They wanted us. They called their shot. The Bucks, they they wanted the Celtics. And the Bucks, you know, they may have wanted the Celtics, but they should have been careful what they wished for because we are a scrappy, gutsy, fired-up team looking to prove people wrong, looking to prove to people that we can win without our big stars. And we got the first one. We'll see what happens Tuesday. I can't freaking wait, and I'm excited to see what this team is going to do moving forward. So those are my Celtics thoughts, and I'm going to have to get into these Bruins. (laughs) And I can't wait. Stay tuned. Now, before the Celtics even played that first playoff game, there was another Boston team looking to prove themselves to the world. And that team was the Boston Bruins, baby. Playoff hockey was back at the Garden. The Viking and the Jester were getting it going. You know I was going nuts. All was right with the world, baby. And it was loud. And I'll tell you, we weren't chanting Anderson because he was doing well. He certainly was not. First period, Marshy makes a sick move and lights the lamp, slapping all the doubters in the face who said that he was slumping in the playoffs like in years past. Bruins up 1-0. Toronto, they answered at the end of the period. Zach Hyman won a race with uh, Krejci to a loose puck. Kept the puck out of Charlie McAvoy's reach. It was a nice little goal. He tucked in the backhander. It was 1-1. Now the second period starts, okay? <laughs> Brad Marchand finding how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Toronto Maple Leaf. <laughs> My God, this was the best. Uh, the dude just gets in his face and, and, and Marchand just licks him. <laughs> He's the best. Needless to say, the Maple Leafs were fucked at this point. There's nothing much you can do when a man licks you in the face. And uh, Bacchus slaps in a power play goal, puts us up by one. Marshy undresses a Leaf defender twice, feeds it to Pasta, who shelves it. Bruins are up 3-1 to one going into the third period. We spent most of the third period on a power play uh, due to the Kadri hit on Wingles. Absolute gutless move. Anyone that saw it knows that it was just a filth. It was awful. Wingles was already down. He was on his knees into the boards, and he just smashed the back of his head into the boards. Char should have slapped him in his mouth. So, gutless move. But guess what? Uh, Kadri was handed a three-game suspension. So, sit in the corner and think about what you did, you bum. Bruins take advantage as Corrali goes airborne with just the tip and hits in another goal. Bruins are up 4-1. to one. 
playoff Krejci also threw in one for good measure, and the Bruins win 5-1. to one. Impressive win. Not dominant, though. Impressive, not dominant. The Leafs definitely had chances in the second period to make noise, but they never really capitalized on their chances, whereas the Bruins absolutely did. So, game one win. <laughs> kind of a quick recap, but I just got to give it to you because I got to go watch the game tonight, okay? That leads us now. I want to get off track here. That leads us to Saturday's game, okay? Now, I was expecting the Leafs to respond, and they certainly tried but the Bruins were on another freaking level in this game. Okay, the first game at certain moments you felt could have gone either way. Not this one. Not this one. This was Bruins all the way before the Leafs could even begin to try to win this game. Pasta was already cooking with a sweet chip in. Bruins score first. David Pastanak would go subtle for the rest of the first period as Jake DeBrusque and Rick Nash scored power play goals in the frame. Kevin Miller added an even strength one as well. Pasternak did assist on two of them, scoring four points in the first freaking period. Okay? Can I just say that again? Four points in the first freaking period. And you're damn right. <laughs> the Maple Leafs were broken in half. Thanks, Jim. That was that was fantastic audio. Uh, David netted a in a third assist in the second period to give five points through two. But in the third period, he was just getting started. I don't know how it's possible, but he was just getting started. Start of the third period. Pasta goes short side for his second goal of the game. And it was a filthy goal. He then decides, it's not enough. I need more, more better for Pasternak for his hat-trick goal. And he's second of the period and his sixth point of the game. Pasternak took on a spot-on feed from Brad Marchand behind the net, drew it between his legs, and fucking flashed those silky mitts, outweighed the Toronto goalie. What an absolute performance by David Pasternak. The Bruins win the game 7-3. to I didn't go over any of Toronto's goals because they didn't friggin' matter. The Leafs went to the bone zone, and I'm going to tell you something right now. They better wake up for for their game on Monday because if they don't, you better get the brooms ready. And I, I'm only saying that because the Bruins right now are just on such another level. <sighs> that first game could have went either way, like I said, but we did all the right moves and we did everything. I think r- having Rick Nash back is huge. He parks his big ass in front of that net and, it, and it's helping the power play, no doubt. And it is, I'm telling you, this team is on fire right now. The Maple Leafs better come out to play on Monday or they're going down in either four or five. And there's no doubt in my mind. So we'll see what happens. 